The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests of the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Bell Media and TSN 1050. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on the boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg. Good morning, slackers. It's going to be one of those mornings. Carrasco is in a mood. Ben, I don't know what's happening to me. I don't know if it happens to you, but I can tell you this. As you get older, I don't know. You feel that everything is the end. Last night, I got this funny pain at the bottom of my stomach here, and I'm like thinking, okay, this is, is this it? Is this my time? Am I going? And then I wake up this morning and my eyelids are swollen. Man. My allergies are just killing me today. I don't look very good. You uh, you get kicked a couple too many times at BJJ class? or? Oh, dude, this week was brutal on, on jiu-jitsu. Uh, a big shout out to, um, to the usual suspects, um, to Professor Tom from Evo BJJ in Mississauga, to... Professor Marcy Nunes from Marcy Nunes BJJ in Burlington, and Professor Andrew, who absolutely mauled me up in Cavallo BJJ and the Wick in Keswick. You know, I had a little bit of extra time this week, and um, I went to and took a class. My buddy Mark Fowles owns this the school with Professor Andrew, and I believe there is another partner there. But I took the class, and um, my ego was put to um, uh, was given a timeout. <laughs> Let's just say that uh, uh, I was glad that um, I was out of the class. It seems like my ego was squeezed out of my eyeballs. But anyways, to all of you folks that uh, have seen the light and chosen the BJJ path, a shout out to everyone that practiced the incredibly amazing and humbling art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I wish I would have found it a little bit earlier in my life. Folks, if you're just tuning in and this is your first time, guess what? Good morning, Slacker Nation. Here is where all of you come and congregate every single Saturday morning to listen to some grotesque common sense. And my 
savage desire to live my life furiously sometimes comes through the microphone. The show is about you. My expertise is automotive. Only take my advice in automotive. Everything, everything else, they're just opinions. You know, my sister was listening to the show the other day and I said that I'm just a dumb car guy and she got really mad at me. She says, don't say that. You're not dumb. You're one of the smartest person I know, people I know. And I'm, what? You sure you're talking to me? So I promised that I wasn't going to say that I'm just a dumb car guy anymore. So I'll take it back. But I can tell you this, if you, if you have some car advice, if you're looking at buying something, selling something, leasing something, if it has to do with wheels and steering wheels and cars in general, call me. Uh, this is Canada's largest automotive radio show, and I'm very proud of have been on air with you guys for almost 13 years now. We used to be in another network, and now we are here on TSN, and uh, I love it. It's a long conversation format. Instead of being interrupted 50 times every time I was talking, now we only break two or three times in an hour, and I can have an actual conversation. You know, other than my, my producer here, Ben McClellan, I don't have a co-host anymore, just Ben and I. And I always felt reluctant to give in to the idea that I may have enough in my mind to fill three hours worth of conversation. And for the last two months or so, it's been a little interesting because I can just let my stream of consciousness run loose. So I let you guys a little bit inside this crazy tin can that's my brain and things rattle it all the time. Now, because the show is for you, you can call me. If you have anything to say about anything, call me, 416-870-1050, or if you're calling from out of town, it's 1-855-591-6876, or you can send me a message on social media. I'm one of the easiest people to find. All you need to do is punch at Greg Carrasco. Not Craig, it's Greg, G-R-E-G Carrasco. And you will find me. Right now, Nissan has put a crazy offer for you folks. If you're sending a kid to school or if you're looking for something inexpensive, you can lease a Nissan Sentra SV. It's not a base Sentra. It's, it's a Nissan Sentra SV. Look it up. I'm not going to tell you all the features. Don't be lazy. And if you put $14.95 down, you can lease it for two years. They will throw in, believe it or not, a two-year prepay maintenance. Two-year lease, $14.95 down, prepay maintenance for only $49 a week plus tax. What? $49 a week plus tax is quite possibly the least expensive vehicle that you can find in the province of Ontario. And it's also sexy. If you want to see uh, the vehicle injected into somebody's life, I did a review on that thing on YouTube. So look at Greg Carrasco's review of the 2021 Nissan Sentra. <sighs> I thought it was quite good. But then again, my opinion. Yes, is just my opinion. If you're looking for, if you're looking for a luxury vehicle right now, Infinity, even though they almost have no cars to sell, they have zero percent lease rate on all remaining 2021 product. And uh, if you're looking at uh, anything within the mid-sized luxury SUV, like the I don't know. The Q5, the X3, the RDX, the NX. You have to look at the Infiniti QX50. 
Uh, for two reasons. Number one is because the only car that we have for sale. And number two, because the offer is crazy good. So you can lease it at 0%. And on top of that, uh, Infinity is throwing in a set of no-charge winter tires. So 0% lease rate, no-charge winter tires is unbelievable. And folks, the struggle is real when it comes to inventory. We have almost no cars on ground. And if you think that this is just a sales tactic to get you to go in and buy cars, it's not. If you go in asking for a discount these days, guess what they're going to tell you? We can't find cars. And if you're looking at buying something that is not in stock, the chances are that you're not going to get it for months and months and months. So uh, an advice to everybody or note to self. If you're buying a vehicle, make sure that you buy something that is inventory now because we cannot guarantee that the vehicle is even going to arrive. Um, we had uh, the release of the new QX60, the 2022 QX60, and because of production shortage, it's been delayed until the middle of November. So, and this applies to every single car manufacturer. Uh, our company owns a bunch of Toyota stores in Calgary and uh, they they went from having six, seven hundred cars in inventory to maybe 30 or 40. So the struggle is real. Don't think that somebody's telling you this just so you make a decision today. Um, so if you're looking for a, buying a vehicle, the only thing I can tell you is this. <clears throat> you can come and talk to me directly at Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity because they are the ones that make the show possible. So most slackers are coming down. Slackers are going supporting the cost. So thank you for all the people that came down last week and bought a crazy number of cars for me. I love you all. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Slacker Nation is representing and you're coming down to Oakville now and supporting Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity and what we're doing. And we are punching way above our weight class. Now, I need to do some house cleaning. Uh, today is a super special day, folks. It's a super special day. Today, Jude Alexander Jude Robert Carrasco was born 16 years ago. He's my little guy. He's turning 16. Alex, a big hug and a kiss. I love you to the flipping moon and back a trillion times over. And the only thing I hope for myself is to be someone that he can look up and say, ah, that's my dad. You know, he's, uh, he's helped me become a better man. Um, happy birthday, Alex. I love you. Um, more house cleaning. This week has been an interesting week, Ben. Um, you know, there are so many things to talk about that even though this car is supposed to be a show about cars... Um, cars get super boring at some point and also I'm not that interested in them. I know a lot about cars, but I'm not that interested in talking about them. So if you do have a question about cars, I'll entertain it and you will always take precedent here on the show. But if you want to talk about other things, I will leave the lines open. 416-870-1050 is the number. So this morning on your way to the office, because I know you're driving to work right now, you are a producer. You are an industrious one. You are the one that is making everything work. And for those of you that are have slugged out for another 45 to 50 hours this week and taking the time to spend Saturday morning with me drinking back some delicious coffee or 
whatever else you choose to drink yeah, in the comfort of your own of a, home. Something of a different nature, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is becoming a problem. Anyways, I drink something different. I decided to keep it off air uh, when I talk about drinking things in the morning because number one is none of your business. But number two is because it's been interesting. It takes the jitters away. You know, after 13 years of doing the show, I still get super, super anxious about doing the show in the morning. But this week has been an interesting week, man. So many things are going on right now. The pandemic, the fourth wave, sure. The potential lockdown, sure. Vaccine passports, <gasps> The elections, the debate, what a disaster that debate was, especially because there was somebody that was missing there. You know, if we're going to have a healthy debate on the future of the country, at least we should have all the main participants. I don't even know why we still have the Green Party, but I guess it's a thing. You know, Maxine Bernier shined in his absence. I know that the polls are showing about a 10% for him. It's going to be interesting to see. You know what I heard? Um, uh, I heard that he's going to be uh, on a podcast with Jordan Peterson this week. That's pretty damn exciting. So I'm looking forward to that uh, appearance of Maxine Bernier on the Jordan Peterson podcast. Uh, I want to hear what he has to say. It's very important. I already know what... Uh, Jagmeet Singh says or does. I already know that he likes to do some ding, 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 ding. You know that TikTok that he did? It's hilarious. Someone's going to get elected on dance moves on TikTok. It's amazing. I still don't understand why people want to get their political opinions out of TikTok. I guess stop it. Like, really stop it. Go read something. Go read something important. So the debate the other day is the reason why nobody will ever trust politicians and why an honest politician will never, ever, ever be elected. People say that they want to hear the truth, but they can't handle the truth. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> ah, people can't handle the truth. So the lines are open. This morning we're going to talk about whatever you want. I have some opinions as to how you should use your thought process on electing uh, the, the next prime minister of the country. I, I put this on uh, in, in a very, very mild, lightweight form on my Instagram account story yesterday. But this morning I want to discuss with you what I have done to decide who I'm going to vote for or who I voted for yesterday because the advanced polls are open. So if you have a question, if you have a thought, if you have a concern, suggestion, if you have an opinion on what's going on in the world right now, call me. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. And if you're calling from out of town, it's 1-855-591-6876. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the Freedom Promise. One price policy, we don't negotiate, we give you the best price right up front. We have no commission salespeople. And also, if you finance something we have in stock, you can exchange the vehicle 
After 30 days or up to 30 days or a thousand kilometers, no questions asked, just get something else that you like and boom, no problem. We will help you. It's one of the safest car buying environments in the entire country. Let's go for us. A short break, and we'll be right back. For all of you nerds out there that love the Dharma movie, The Matrix, there is a new Matrix coming up, and I got all the goosebumps. The trailer came out this week. I can't wait to watch that. Top three movies for sure in the Carrascoverse. Carrascoverse. There you go. We have a phone call, no? We have Victor from Toronto. Victor, how can Carrasco make your life better this morning? Hey, Mr. Carrasco, listen, uh, my wife and I were huge fans of you. Well, we thank you. We listen to you every Saturday, especially we're not, when we're not home. But uh, you touched on the, the debate. Uh, I was feeling good until you mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> please, I was just saying to these politicians, don't make me these promises. Don't even one single, please, no promises. Stop it. Stop it. It's going to cost us. Who's going to pay for it? Lower the deficit. Try, damn it. Lower the deficit. I, you know, Craig, we, generally speaking, society as a whole, we have less freedom today as a result of the government because they, they measure freedom in terms of financial situation. Mm -hmm. It's the municipal, it's the provincial, it's the federal. We're being taxed to the guilt. It's, when does it stop? Please, I'm, I'm being serious. And listen, I understand we need to pay taxes. That, that, that's, that's important. But all these promises, I, I told my wife, I, I, that debate was extremely boring. I didn't find it interesting. And all I heard was promises this, promises that. At what cost? Well, <clears throat> if, you, if you listen to the, uh, to the folks on, on the debate the other day, um, and they're going to pay, they're going to make the ultra billionaires, like the multi billionaires pay, because there are so many of those ones, right? <laughs> you know, the reality is this look, there is a reason why this election was called. And I think that a lot of people are missing on the reason why the election was called. The election was called based because somebody wants more power. Now, power doesn't corrupt, which is what everybody seems to think. Power doesn't corrupt, power reveals. Power reveals what was already there in the first place. But you see, whenever there is an unpopular uh, policy that needs to be put through the House, if you don't have a majority, you can't. You can't. So, um, Mr. Um, you know, Comrade Trudeau here uh, already was the Prime Minister. He already had, although the minority, he already had the power. So the only reason why this election was called is because more power was wanted. More power was needed for some unpopular policies to come down the pipeline uh, to, to be put through. That's all there is to it. So, you know, here, here is the thing, though. Victor, and I appreciate what you're saying, but th this is what I was saying before the break. People want to hear the truth, but they can't handle it. Because if somebody were to say to you, uh, like, for example, the, you know, the, the liberal government, um, if I get the majority, I will have the power to put a 50% tax on your capital gains on your primary home because that's what they're thinking about. What? what? What do you mean? What do you mean? You mean that I left another country to come here and build a little bit, you know, a little bit of, you know, tiny savings to leave my kids and you're going to take 50% of that because you overspent? Is that what you're saying to me? 
And then you have Mr. Trudeau on steroids. Oh, actually, no, I call him evil Mr. Trudeau. <laughs> That's the NDP. You know, my beef with the NDP, uh, <laughs> look, every political party has a position in society, right? I get it. But I, I, what, I, why, what I don't like about the NDP is that they're not honest. The only reason why they're called the New Democratic Party is because if they call themselves the Socialist Party of Canada, uh, is a bad market employee. You know what I'm saying? So no one is going to vote for the Socialist Party of Canada. Uh, so now we can, they can fake us into thinking like, ah, they're New Democratic going. Sure. So the NDP, or also known as the Socialist Party of Canada, they want to put a tax on, I, I think I heard the other day, don't quote me on this, please don't, because I don't know what I'm talking about, uh, 80% a tax on your uh, capital gains? Like, what? What, what, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? <laughs> um, you know, for those of you that are industrious, like I said earlier in the show, and you have put yourself in a position in which you can make a little bit of money, you're already paying close to 50% tax on your income, then you're paying another 13% tax on everything that you buy, then you're paying another 3 or 4% on your property tax, and then you have your UIC and CPP and blah, 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 and everything else, so you're already paying 70% of your income to the government. So you are 30% away from being or living in a communist country. 30% away, especially if you make more money, right? So, you know, the, the reality is that I, I don't understand how this is so clear to me and so unclear to other people. And Victor, thank you so much for your phone call, and I, I appreciate what you're saying. But the truth is that people will never elect honest politicians because if somebody tells you the truth, you will never vote for them. You will simply never vote for them. And, and here is the part that is beyond me, okay? This is the part that is beyond me. Because whenever I make a voting decision, I make the decision for my children. I know it's, getting, it's affecting me, but whatever is affecting me, it's affecting what I'm going to leave for my kids. So I try to make a decision that is most or, or, or least to affect my children in a negative way. Uh, and I'm voting for my children, and then kids are voting for themselves. So... We are all voting for the young generation, but their view of the world today is so different than the one that older people have. And then there is this, this idea, this, this crazy contradiction between the two positions that I, I, I'm yet to understand. So when I was talking yesterday on Instagram, I, I, I was talking about that choosing the person you're going to vote for is easy. Okay. It's very easy, and I'll, I'll explain this to you. And I'm gonna use some uh, some business terminology to try to explain my thought process on this. So bear with me, Ben. Just bear with me on this one, okay? Position doesn't mean anything. So if you take a you know a pen and you draw a dot on the wall, and you look at that dot without any point of reference, the dot doesn't mean anything. So direction means everything. So position doesn't mean anything. Direction means everything. So now, in order for you to look at direction, you need to look at the past. Okay. Let's, let's not, let's be fair. Okay. Let's not look at the country two years ago because in the last two years, the country is a mess. You know, this is, this is a mess. If you think that this is not a mess, then you need to literally just get a couple of toothpicks and lift up your eyelids and have a, a closer look at the planet because you're missing everything that's happening. So I'm going to leave the last two years out. So let's go back six years, six years ago. 
When when would that be, Ben? 2016? 2015? Yeah, 2015. Six years ago at this point, yeah, it would be about 2015. Okay, so let's look at 2015. So you need to ask yourself the following question. If you look at 2015 or 2016 and you compare it with today, do you think is that the country is better off than it was six years ago or is worse off than it was six years ago? That's a very simple question to ask. Because if we start talking about taxes, we start talking about authoritarian government, we start talking about vaccine mandates, we start talking about vaccine passports, we start talking about the environment, we start talking about all these things that you're breaking down. Because this is what politicians do to you folks. They try to head fake you with a fake, it's called a straw tactic, it's a straw argument. The, the, the bigger issue here is, is, is a bigger picture, but they, they toss these little arguments in there to confuse you into making you think that they're doing the right thing for you, for the environment, for the economy, and all this other nonsense. But no, this is simpler. So you, if you look at 2015 and 2016, and you look at the country today, and you ask yourself, is the country today better than it was six years ago, or worse than it was six years ago? Are you okay with the tremendous amount of division that is between Canadians right now? Canadians have never been this divided. I don't know about you. I don't know where you live, but I can tell you this. What's happening today is dividing families. What's happening today is dividing friends. What's happening today is creating arguments on social media. It's just crazy. You just need to go in, plug into your social media and eat some popcorn. Because everyone is arguing with everybody. Everyone is an expert right now. Everyone is an evangelist. Everyone is trying to convert you into whatever they think their version of reality is. And no one is listening. People are talking at each other, not with each other. So, if you think that today, if you think that this divided version of the country, this chaotic version of the country, is better than the country was six years ago, then the answer is simple. You support the direction the country is going. I'll repeat this. If you like the direction the country is going right now, by giving more power to whoever brought us here, it's going to continue in that trajectory. So if, if in your eyes this is good, then support it, the trajectory. Now, look at this. If you think, if you like the trajectory, but you want to accelerate <laughs> the trajectory that we're going. And you want to keep on going that direction, but faster. Then every party has got an accelerator. So let me explain. If you have a liberal party that is into big government, big spending, high taxes, okay? And then you want to take that and put it on steroids. Then you go to the NDP because the NDP is on the other side of the Liberal Party. Huh? It's pretty simple stuff. Now, on the other side, if you believe in less government, less taxes, less regulation, less government intervention, not a lot less because it seems like the Progressive Conservative Party of Canada is, you know, there is, there is a, 
What is it? What is it called? The Venn diagram. You know, there is a, is there is an intersectional area there yeah. that they kind of they yeah. are the same as yeah, the Liberal Party. But anyway, of, so yeah, whole bunch of circles, <laughs> and then there's an intersecting area. That's right. So the, the intersectional things. part of the PC seems to be merging, merging more into the Liberal side. So if you if you want less of taxes, less regulation, more freedom, and so on and so on, then you vote for the PC. And if you want less, but significantly less intervention, if you want significantly less taxes and less regulations and so on, uh, and you want to put that on steroids, you go and vote for the PPC. So, you know, here you have, you have, you really only have four political parties in Canada, and it all has to do with direction. So, this show here is supposed to take a very impartial position on this. And, and, and to be honest with you, I don't care who you vote for. So long as you go out and vote. And what I said to you yesterday is that, you know, the, the ability for us to vote, for the ability for us to have the, 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 the right to go out there and exercise your opinion and say, here, this is what I think and this is what I want my future to be like. Then put that on an X and make sure that you bring your mask to the voting, uh, center because, uh, if you don't have your mask, they won't let you in. Um, the voting center is not the place for you to take a stand if you don't like to wear a mask. That's not the place you do it. So you go there, you pick the candidate that most represents your vision of the future, and make sure you put an X inside the circle, because if you put it outside the circle, because you are... You were angry. You want a big X on that circle. No, they're going to invalidate that vote. <laughs> don't be stupid, you know? Just, don't, you, just, com huh? don't go, don't go writing like Harambe or something on the ballot either. <laughs> yeah, yeah don't, don't, don't do that, man. Don't do that. Uh, but anyways, so make sure that you put an X within the circle and, and you vote for the person that you feel that most closely resembles the direction that you want the country to go. And, and that should give Canadians a pretty good understanding of where we all want to be. Now, the unfortunate thing, uh, with the, with a democracy, and this is a very unfortunate thing with a democracy, is that smart people will always be outnumbered. You know, you are always subjected to the will of the mob. And, <laughs> depending on how the mob goes, um, that's, the way the government is going to go, and that is a very, very unfortunate thing. That's why Socrates lost his life. He was against democracy. Did you know that, Ben? That's one. Of, that's one of the reasons why they killed Socrates. Yeah, in in one of my classes, one of my many uh, political science classes in university, I did learn a little bit about Socrates. Yeah. So, on that perspective, I think it's very important. Now, somebody yesterday on Instagram said to me, "You know what, Greg?" If if I look at all the, the the political candidates, they all have something that I like about them, and they all have something that I don't like about them. And uh, so I, every time I go to vote, I spoil my vote because I don't want to give my vote to anybody. Uh, look, I, I don't mean to sound harsh on this, but that's a stupid thing to think. Don't do it, folks. Don't spoil your vote. If you don't have, if you if you don't want to vote on a candidate, great. Don't worry about it. But at least vote in the direction. If you don't like the direction, then vote the opposite way. It's very simple. And this way, we are going to be able to put the country in a direction that everyone here feels more comfortable doing it. You know, the moment that you get into politics, you, you, you make a pact with the devil. 
because half the population is going to hate you. And, and it's very unfortunate because we all want to live in a peaceful, a harmonious um, place in which we look after one another. We, you know, we are kind to one another. We, you know, there are charities and we support one another. We support the people that need some. We, you know, we, you know, we, we all contribute to a society in which we can all live peacefully because we all want the same thing. But somehow, simply because somebody has a different perspective than you do, they are the enemy. And I don't buy into that tribal idea of politics. I don't live, I don't buy into that tribal uh, view of the system. So, Whenever you go down to the advanced polling, because, uh, oh, so last night I went and voted. Um, I went and voted at the Ice Palace <laughs> up in Keswick, the Ice Palace. So a big shout out to all the volunteers that were working at the Ice Palace up there in the WIC. They were very kind. You know, I have a new address, so I needed to bring some, I don't know, some piece of mail with a new address for them to register me and boom. I voted. They were super nice. But I was also super happy with the number of people that were there casting a vote. So the advanced polling, for what I understand, is today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Please correct me if I'm wrong. And if you have a say on the matter, call me. 416-870-1050 is the number. Again, 416-870-1050 is the number. What's that, Ben? Would you mean today and Sunday? As uh, pardon opposed me. to yes, today, tomorrow, yes. and Sunday. I'm like, hey, if it's a three-day weekend, by all means. But <laughs> no, so today and tomorrow, I think it's from the it's from the 10th to the 12th. But I could be wrong, so please don't quote me in this. Do your own research. Also, make sure that you know where the advanced polling areas are, and you can go in and cast your vote. Because uh, you see, if you were to live in a place like Venezuela or Cuba or North Korea or China, for that matter. Nobody cares about your opinion because the government knows better, right? So in those places, you don't get to vote. Voting is something that uh, that is available to certain people, and um, we are lucky enough that still, you know, still, we can go out and exercise our right to choose uh, for now anyways because that seems to be getting eroded aggressively. So we're going to take a very small break, folks. Sorry, a very short break. Thank you, Glenn. This is going to haunt me for the rest of my days, man. This is the problem. You see, I am such a, I'm one of the most insecure humans that you know. So when somebody complains about me not saying something properly, it just comes back to haunt me forever. So if you have a say in the matter, if you have an opinion to, to share with me about the election, about the candidates, about voting, don't hesitate. Call me 416-870-1050 and the lines are open or you can call me from out of town at 1-855-591-6876. Now, if you are looking at buying a vehicle, don't forget that this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and we are the home of the no commission salespeople. And these two places, in my opinion, will give you one of the most, one of the safest, safest car buying experiences on the planet. Because I happen to live there, I have no life. Let's take a short break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Slacker Nation. Headquarters. This is the Greg Carrasco show here. We come to you every Saturday morning, bringing some common sense. This show is supposed to be about cars, but <laughs> these days it's mostly about everything else. So, if you happen to be a sentient being, 
And like me, you're trying to figure things out as you go along and you don't fake it and claim that you know everything. This show is for you because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure this out as I go along. And like Sorer Kierkegaard said, the unfortunate thing about life is that we learn life backwards, but we live it forward. So every single moment that is ahead of you is a new moment that you've never lived before. So you have no idea what to do with it. And life can be so scary sometimes. You know, I make mistakes all the goddamn time. And, you know, Kierkegaard also said, do or do not, you will regret both. <laughs> that doesn't give me a lot of hope. But I'm willing to try. I really, I really am. I'm, I'm trying. I mess up all the time. I want to send a big shout out to my buddy, Alan Brake. Alan, I know you're listening to the show and uh, Alan, Alan is a big, handsome, scary dude up in Keswick that I met once outside of a Dairy Queen. He was taking his wife for a date on his Harley. He's like covered in tattoos and I was driving a vet at the time and it, you know, remember this, Ben? And he, I gave him the keys of my vet. Well, he went ahead and bought himself a beautiful, beautiful red Corvette. Yeah, absolutely love to see that. <laughs> you love to see yes. that. Good for Alan. I remember Good that for story. Alan. He, called, he called the next day, too. Yeah, he did. He did. That's awesome. You know, I love this guy. He's amazing. He stayed in touch and is great. So I know that if one day I'm in trouble, I know who to call. Because Alan is my friend. What's up? I should get Alan into jujitsu. You know, when a guy that scary knows jujitsu, it becomes a beast. <laughs> a big hug to my buddy Alan from, actually, he's from Sutton, but you know, he, he goes to Keswick from time to time. But anyways, this morning we've been talking about the election and how my thought process is on this election. So let me just, you know, for the next few minutes, we only have a few minutes until the end of the hour. And uh, on the other side of the hour, we have one of the people that I respect the most in my entire life is Money Mike. Money Mike took this, this humble servant of yours, Carrasco, and I was gliding through life wondering aimlessly as to what to do with my finances. Because even though I had the ability to generate income, I didn't know how to keep it. So... Mike sat down with me, and I, although I've known Mike for the better part of the last 20 years, he sat down with me and said, you know, Greg, this is your behavior, dude. This is what you're doing. So we need to make some changes around here. So I listened to Mike a few years back, and, you know, he's completely made my life ricochet into a whole different idea. So because of Mike, I was able to protect the investment that I am trying to generate from my children that the liberal government and the NDP want to take away from me. But that's a whole different conversation. So I'm not going to get into that. Uh, <laughs> so Mike is going to come on the other side of the hour. And he's going to teach us how, uh, like he does every other week, how to retain more of that income. How to generate more with your investments. And what to do to deal with the current climate. So Money Mike is going to be on the other side of the hour. Folks, like me. You should listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. So anyways, let's get back to the subject at hand, the election. And remember, the phones are open, so you can call and talk to us about whatever you want. 416-870-1050 is the number. So now, look, I'm an immigrant. 
I'm an ESL. English is my second language. I have been fortunate enough to be gifted with this ability to learn a few things. So I can speak a few other languages, which is great. And by the way, Ben, listen to this. I hope I can make you proud this morning. I decided to start learning French. Okay. So je comprends un peu le français. So I can prepare myself for the time when I inject myself into politics. So you are going to inject yourself into politics. I will inject myself into politics, and I'll tell you why. Because I've said on the show many times before, the fate of those who don't care about politics is left to those that do. And although I don't think that I have all that it takes to be in politics, after I looked at the lineup that we saw the other day on the debate, I thought, man... I can do a better job than that. And I can tell you why I can do a better job. At least I hope. It's because I'm, I'm a regular person. I screw up all the time and I'm not afraid of sharing that with you. There aren't very many things that you guys don't know after 13 years on the show. And you know, my, my views have changed. You see, look, if, look at yourself, look at your life and think, when was the last time that you changed your mind on something important? And if you haven't, that's a bit of a problem because you are a radical. Your ideas have been crystallized. You don't want that. If you believe in science at all, I mean, the very basic of science is to question science. The omnibus dubitandum. That's the saying. Question everything. And I don't believe that we are using our critical thinking skills to question what is happening. We are just like baby birds... We are looking up with our mouth wide open, ah, 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 waiting for somebody to regurgitate something in our mouth. And unfortunately, we cannot trust what is being regurgitated in our mouths. You seem to be laughing there, Ben. Why did that tickle your fancy? Uh, we'll, we'll keep it off the radio waves. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a sick. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure I've he he heard the word regurgitated used so many times in the span of 10 seconds. <laughs> we are waiting for the system to pump everything that is coming out of the news these days into you. And not a lot of people are using their critical thinking skills to say, ah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So this is one of the biggest reasons why I am so, so pumped about listening to the podcast from Professor, uh, Professor Jordan Peterson and Maxime Bernier this week. I am honestly psyched about that because uh, I know that Bernier was shut out from the debate and I don't know how or why that is even allowed. I mean, how can we possibly have somebody running for the prime minister race and be excluded from the political debate? I don't understand this. And this is something that I do not like. I don't like it. Why? Is it because somebody has a completely different perspective of what you're saying? I want to listen to what he has to say. We have to listen to the Green Party. My membrane, <laughs> the membranes of my brain were assaulted by the Green Party the other day. And Quebecers, look, they have the right to think whatever they want. They want to be an independent nation. Great. 
But how can he be the prime minister of an independent nation and also be the prime minister of Canada? I don't understand that. This is beyond my level of comprehension. But hey, listen, I'm just... You see, I almost said it again, man. I, I was going to say I'm just a dumb car guy, but I stopped myself. You see, I do have some self-restraint. I do listen to my sister. Jessica is her name. My sister Jessica is one of the smartest humans that I know. And her husband is the smartest human I know. You have no idea. I should be working for him. He works for me. I should be working for him. But unfortunately, the Canadian immigration system is a sham. And I'll tell you why that is a sham. You see, if you apply to come to Canada independently, folks, and you know, for all, all of you native Canadians, the people that were born here, you don't know this, but if you come to Canada as an independent immigrant, you have to apply. You need to show that you have money, number one. You need to have the educational requirements for you to, uh, you know, to be worthy of living in the uh, People's Republic of Canada. So my brother-in-law has two engineering degrees. I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. This guy is a high-functioning, I don't know, something. He's a genius at any level. I am not worthy of even talking to him. I feel like eh. when I talk to him, I just shrivel up and say, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. But anyways, so when you apply as an independent immigrant, you have to prove that you have money. You have to prove that you have the qualifications. You have to prove that you are worthy to join the People's Republic of Canada. So he did. Double engineering degrees. This guy went to university for like 12 years. It's a genius. Well, the moment that you enter the magical Canadian immigration door, all your qualifications are null and void because you don't have any Canadian experience. So he couldn't exercise his engineering degrees and he needed to get requalified to do the very job that he was doing 12 hours before, before he came to Canada. So... You know, this is what happens. We have one of the most, unless you are a political refugee or, you know, if you're a refugee, it's something different. But if you are an independent immigrant here in Canada, guess what? We have one of the most overqualified immigration systems in the world. Immigrants that come here, they're doctors, they're pharmacists, they're engineers, they're architects, and they're walking around driving your cabs. They're walking around tinting the windows of your car. These people are walking certified geniuses. And we don't pay attention. And we often think that because they have a little bit of an accent, that we're smarter than they are. Don't kid yourself. Folks, this show is for you. This is where Slacker Nation congregate. This is the Carrasco show we've been coming to you for 13 years. If you want to talk to us, 416-870-1050. If you want to talk to me and get my advice on cars, because on that one I can certainly help you. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and we are the home of the no commission salespeople. Guess what? These folks, whether you buy a vehicle from us or not, they get paid. You know, it doesn't matter whether you buy a $10,000 car or a $170,000 G-Wagon that we have sometimes in our uh, Oakville Luxury Imports. They get paid the exact same. The only purpose is to serve you and look out for your needs. So before you make any car buying decision, you owe it to yourself to make it down to Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And if you're going to come and say hello to me, do not come empty-handed. Bring me a coffee, slacker. Let's take a short break, and we'll be right back with Money Mike on the other side of the break. A rich man, and I have been a poor man, and I choose rich every day. 
And we're here for you. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here. We are Canada's largest automotive show. <laughs> this is not mostly about cars. We haven't talked about cars in, in, I don't know, about a month and a half. And that's okay. Because cars are boring. I don't like cars very much. That's the reason why I can give you the absolute best advice about cars. Because I don't care about them. Cars are a waste of money. And if you want to hear... How to save the most when you're buying a car, you need to come and see me. Oakville Nissan, Oakville Infinity, there is where I live. They're putting up with me right now. With me in the studio, or at his own studio, is the Yoda. Yoda, yes. The Yoda of financial advisors in Canada. He is the person that uh, uh, grabbed my hand and just led me through a path of self-awareness and uh, understanding of how to save money in a way that I can leave something for my kids unless my kids choose the wrong government and they <laughs> they choose somebody that is going to take all their, their money away, which I don't understand. But, uh, you know, Mike is kind enough to join me every other Saturday here to inject some common sense into your finances. Because um, I can tell you this, if we can help one of you, to steer you in the right direction with your finances in your retirement, or if you're sitting on a pile of cash and you don't know what to do with it, or your bank is not talking to you, or your financial advisor, uh, you don't even know their name, uh, maybe the time to call Money Mike is now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this with you, and this is probably the absolute best name and phone number that you can write on the show, because I'm here every week. He's not. So you can reach him on moneymike.ca. Or you can call him after the show, not right now, after the show at 905-320-6762. Again, 905-320-6762. He is my personal financial advisor. Money Mike, welcome to the house. How's it going? Doing well. Yeah, I guess uh, this early on a Saturday morning, you're right, I am closely resembling Yoda, getting old and wrinkly. No, not as bad as I look, man. You know, folks, the first thing that Mike said to me this morning when he <laughs> looked into the Zoom call, he says, oh, dude, you look rough. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. But you see, I didn't. <laughs> before we go anywhere, I mean, I, let's talk to my buddy Lou here that I have on the line. Uh, yes, is this my buddy Lou? Hey, Greg, how are you, pal? I am well. You, I haven't heard from you in a while. So how's it going? Well, great. Yeah, I can't complain. I just wanted to comment. You were talking about the immigration system in Canada and yep. how we kind of snooker people to come to this country and not allow them to ply their trade. And we've talked about this uh, many times over the years, Greg, and it's scandalous that there's an administrative system that checks a bunch of boxes and lets people come here thinking they can be a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, an electrician, a plumber, and they have to requalify on this side of the water, right? They, so yeah, they, they couldn't do it. I mean, my, my brother-in-law, Lou, 
Yeah, my brother-in-law, Lou, in order for him to exercise his ability to be an engineer who he already was, he needed to go back to school for four years to requalify, and uh, it was financially impossible, so he couldn't do it. So his degree now has gone stale. Yeah, and I think that it's scandalous, and it's just part of the devolution of Canada, where we used to invite people in and put them to work. Now we bring them here and impoverish them. And I think, you know, if you look at how the administrative state has failed this country, just look at it, Afghanistan. People, you know, waiting to get on the plane while they check boxes and fill out forms. It's ridiculous. I hear you, Lou. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And you know, you know, I, uh, I, I wanna, I, I wanna dive into that subject deeply with you. Is there any way that, that you can call me back on the turn of the hour so we can yeah, dive a little I will. deeper? I just wanted to reach out now that you have a new phone system and it actually, you can actually connect. Yes. <laughs> it actually works. It's awesome. Isn't that great? That is, is right, amazing. So back, get to Money Mike so he can help people that are, uh, you know, struggling to get ahead. And if they're ahead, they get further ahead. I'll call you back at the turn. Love, Love you. you, Lou. I'll talk to you in about an hour. Thanks, Lou. Uh, <laughs> Money Mike, you know, thank you for being on the show, man. I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks, so how are you? I am excellent. I've been, uh, I've been keeping busy. Of course, this was the first week back to school for the kids. Uh, wife also right and, and for andrea as well yeah mm. so it's been it's been a hectic week we were all beat at the end of this week for sure i can only imagine you know uh, when during the first hour you and i were exchanging texts and uh, i honestly don't want to give any misinformation to my listeners is i take a lot of pride in what i do here and uh, can you can you talk a little bit uh, about this capital gains tax that we have implemented and I'm sure that you have heard about the some of the suggestions and some of the political parties are putting it uh, on the table right now so can you explain that to the listeners as to what that means yeah what they're proposing essentially right now capital gains are taxed at 50% now what that means is you know if you go out and get a job and you earn a dollar of income you add a dollar to your income for tax purposes if you earn a dollar of interest you add a dollar to your income for tax purposes. But if you earn a dollar of capital gains right now, they only add 50 cents to your income for tax purposes. Only 50% of it is added to your income. So what they're proposing is raising that rate to 80%. Okay, explain that to me again, because people, I don't think that people really take the full weight of what this means. And also, you know, how does... You know, after you explain that again, yeah. um, how does that affect young people and their ability to get inheritance from the parents, from the industrious parents that are trying to build some wealth for them? Sure. So when I first joined the industry in 1996, capital gains were taxed at 80%. That means 80% of what you earn in a capital gain gets added to your income. And shortly after 2000, a government dropped it down to 66% and then shortly thereafter they dropped it to 50%. So now half of all capital gains that you earn, you never have to report them. You only okay. have to report, you only report 50%. They're talking about raising that rate back to the, you know, the rate it was when I entered the industry at 80%. So you earn a dollar in capital gain, you add 80 cents to your income when you report it for taxes. So, you know, how does that affect people? Well, it, it's, going to, it's going to decrease the effectiveness of generating 
investment growth and, and growth in assets to build wealth. And, and it's not surprising in the least to those of us paying attention. I mean, this is what the government does year in, year out when they're setting the budget. As they say, where is money in society being earned and how do we get a chunk of it? So, you know, rather than creating jobs and getting people employed and increasing incomes, they say, well, we'll let other people worry about that. Right now, people are making a lot of money in investment returns, so let's increase the capital gains rate. A lot of people out there are, are increasing the value of their homes. Maybe we should consider capital gains on homes. It's all about where can we get tax revenue to do the things we want to do. That's fascinating. And now, yeah. how and why do you think that this flies so deeply under the table that most people don't understand? You see, I, I'm a firm believer in having a social safety net okay. uh, in which we help the less fortunate. Now, I am completely against making people dependent of that safety net. Because right. I do believe that ultimately everybody has the opportunity to rise above. And, um, you know, someone said the other day that, that the problem with capitalism is that uh, there is so much prosperity and free time that people find time to look for problems where there aren't any. And um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I need to, you know, from, from a financial standpoint, why do you think that people don't pay enough attention to this? Well, in all likelihood, it's because there's a vast majority of people who aren't affected by it. In order to be affected by the capital gains tax, you have to actually earn capital gains. What does that mean? You have to have investment properties. You have to have non-registered investments, money invested outside your RRSPs and TFSAs. And most people don't have that. So the wealthy have that. Real estate investors have that. But um, but look at it from this, you know, if you look at it from this perspective, Mike, let's say that uh, um, right now you are an, an 18, 19, 20 year old that, uh, you know, want to change the world because we are all idealists when we are in our 20s. Uh, things change as you get a little bit older, you understand how the system works. And, you know, and I get that. So I'm not going to hold that against all young people. But you see, the only thing that these young people have you know, they may not be able to buy real estate because things have gotten out of control. But what they have coming for them is that at some point, their parents who happened to have bought real estate at a time in which was accessible to most people, now the fruits of the hard work of their parents now is not going to get passed down to the next generation. Like, I, I feel, you see, I, I came here when I was 18, and uh, and, uh, and this is a typical story. I, I only really truly had like 45 bucks when I came to Canada back in 1989. And uh, if I was able to build anything, now I want to pass this along to my children. But now my children are, you know, could potentially vote, because if you look at the polls, could potentially vote for the very government that is going to take all the fruits of their dad away from them. What can we do to generate awareness? Well, hopefully you do it with things like this show, but I mean, you know, the, the reality is that the, the tax landscape changes year by year, and it's up to the citizens to pay attention and decide if they like what the government is doing. So, you know, when you talk about increasing the capital gains rate, well, that won't really affect the estate of a lot of people because our principal residence isn't taxed. 
So when we're leaving our home yet. to our kids, yet, and that is the yet. key, and that is the key. So, you know, right now it's not taxed, so leave your house to your kids, everything is fine. Um, money in RSPs and TFSAs, capital gains tax rate doesn't impact that, so nothing changes there. For a lot of people, they won't pay attention. I will say this, and I hope I'm not speaking naively. If a government attempts to put a capital gains rate in on principal residences, people will wake up and notice. And I hope they vote with their feet um, on whether or not they approve of, of such a change because that is still one of the largest assets that most people will ever own and one of the main ways they have generated wealth to this point. And, well, and that will hurt. That will hurt. Imagine all of the people who are selling a home and buying a new one. Never mind retirees or people at the end of their life passing a house on to their kids. Right now, in your prime raising a family years, you want to upsize your house and go from a smaller home to a bigger home, and all of a sudden the government's going to say, yeah, you owe us tax because you made money on your first home. That's going to hurt and affect a vast majority of people. So I don't know that the government's going to be able to do that, but if they make an attempt, I hope people will vote away from the party doing that. Well, but look at it. Look at it from this perspective. There is there is one side of the political spectrum that would be more likely to do so. Sure. And yes. So if you look at it from that perspective, I don't even want to take a chance. Okay. So I want to stay as far away from that as possible because you know I I haven't been in the workforce. I'm 49 years old. I've been in the workforce for 40 years. I didn't spend 40 years of my life trying to build something for my children. And I don't mind paying my taxes. Trust me, you know how much taxes I pay. So yeah. I don't mind paying my taxes and my contribution to society. But if I am whatever, from whatever little is left, if I'm trying to leave something for my children, there is a side of the political spectrum that is for, far more likely to spend that money. And yeah. uh, that I, I want to stay away from. I'm sorry. I want to stay away from that because I want to leave something for my children, unless they don't want it, and then they can just sign up and say whatever. I just leave it to, I leave it to a, to to a dog um, shelter. I, I leave it to the Oakville Humane Society. That I wish they had a dog when I was looking for Marcus, my trusted guardian, Marcus. So you know, I um, this is what I want to do, Mike. Uh, I want to talk about. Uh, what uh, you and I discussed, diversification, and uh, you know how we can become wealthy quicker. And um, I want to do this after the break, so we're going to take a short break. And uh, folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And if you want common sense when it comes to buying a vehicle, there is only one place in the entire universe that you need to go visit before you make a car buying decision. And that is Oakville Nissan or Oakville Infinity or wherever I happen to be at, because I make sure that because of this show, you get the absolute straight-up goods when it comes to buying an automobile. And because cars are a waste of money, I won't let you waste them. So let's take a short break, and we'll be right back on the other side. And we're back. If you are just tuning in, folks, you are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show that is mostly not about cars. And uh, every Saturday morning from 8 to 11 a.m., we try to inject some knowledge or some perspective or some idea that would make you think, that would make you change, that will improve your life in the slightest little way, and then my job is done. This is my contribution to society, sharing some of the, you know, hard knocks experience with you and uh, try to help you not make the same mistakes, but also to share with you some of the good things that I have found. 
And uh, it, it, in my life, one of the one of the most amazing things that I found was some awesome people. You know, Mike is one of them. Uh, Mike is a is a high net worth specialist uh, when it comes to money management, and uh, he's kind enough to come on the show and share with with my listeners the things that he advised people to do in order for them to become wealthy or to have the ability to choose, which is so wonderful. So Mike calls himself a behavioral advisor. So he looks at you, he looks at your behavior, and then whack, he slaps you, puts you back into the right track. So here's a question for you, Mike. Can we talk about diversification? You know, do you need to diversify to become wealthy? Is is that a is is that a, an actual accurate assumption? Nope, nope, not at all. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I think it's one of the most misunderstood ideas. Diversification has nothing to do with becoming wealthy. It has nothing to do with making the best decisions in the short term to create wealth. If you look at some of the wealthiest people in the world, they are the least diversified people you would ever want to meet. Um, you know, you, you look at uh, Elon Musk. Is he diversified? No. No, he's got everything in Tesla, right? You look at Bill Gates. Did he generate his wealth by spreading it around? He did not. Um, the, the reality is there are... There are some industries, there are some businesses, and, and largely it's businesses, but there's places that you can invest your money or get involved with to generate wealth that because you put all your chips on the table and, the, and you ran in that direction 100%, that's the reason why some people became some of the wealthiest people in society. Diversification isn't about putting your money where you know it's going to make the most money because the reality is nobody knows year in year out where money will be made diversification is about lowering risk it is about investing your money broadly so that you get a piece of whatever's going on in society mm -hmm. um, you know generally speaking society is improving year by year and and the economy generates money so if you're exposed to that if the economy does well then you'll do well if the economy performs poorly you'll you'll do poorly but probably the the biggest purpose for diversification is to avoid having your wealth blown up okay you know you don't bet all your money on one horse because if that horse loses you've lost it all uh, or as someone once said, building a portfolio is is to put to, to diversify yourself so broadly that no one can drive a truck through any portion of your investment portfolio and blow the whole thing up. So diversification is about controlling risk, and it's something that a lot of us do need to do, even when you are generating wealth, when you're trying to build up retirement assets. Um, you want to be diversified because you don't want your portfolio to blow up because you made a bad decision in a single direction. Right? So that's what diversification is really about. So, you know, the, the dangers when it comes to investing, diversification is not a danger. As I said, it lowers wealth or lowers risk. But mm -hmm. the problem is sometimes when it lowers risk, people fear missing out. They're like, look at, Look at all of the great money being made over in this area, and I'm diversified. I only mm -hmm. got a small portion in that, 
And so a ton of money got made and I didn't get a ton from that one area. So sometimes diversification can lower the results that you receive in a year. But the reason why we do it is because in years like 2020, years like 2018, 2011, 2008, the, the tech meltdown of the early 2000s. If I'm concentrated in one area and that area is hit hard, then I suffer. And I suffer disproportionately to everybody else. So no, diversification isn't about becoming wealthy. And honestly, it's, it's part of the problem when trying to decide how you invest that our industry talks to people about what is your risk tolerance? Yeah, but how do you quantify that? And that has always been a tough question for me to answer or to even get my head around. Like, you know, what is my tolerance level? Okay, on what scale? On a scale of colors? Okay, it's purple. You know, yeah. that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I know. There, that's funny. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, so... What our industry has always done is we create these risk tolerance questionnaires, and I hate them. I do hate them. They are a necessary evil, but I hate them. But they're, what they're for is for the investment companies out there to be able to justify the investments they recommend. You completed this questionnaire. You told us what your risk level is, and therefore we will provide you the investments suitable to that level of risk. We've covered our butts. We're protecting ourselves from liability. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that's how somebody should invest. The, the biggest problem is there's a lot of people out there that are savers and not investors. So they don't understand investing, but they know they have to do it. So they come to someone like me and, and they say, we need you to help us design an investment portfolio. So the questionnaire is designed to say, you, Mr. and Mrs. Client, given your level of investment knowledge, you tell me how I should invest for you. That doesn't sound particularly productive because I can tell you this. Uh, a lot of people associate expertise in one field and, and as a transferable skill, and it's not. Uh, there are many people that have the, the tremendous ability to generate income, and I've said this so many times on the show, but when it comes to retaining that income or making that income produce additional money for them in the future, they are completely clueless, and that's where yeah. you come into place. So yeah. how do you deal with that? Well, it, it is a challenge, and it's one of the reasons I've always said to people, please do yourself a favor. I'll even recommend resources if you need them, but go out and learn about investing. Uh, teach yourself, increase your level of knowledge, and therefore, when you are saying, here's how I should be invested, there's a basis behind it. Because if somebody comes to me and completes a questionnaire that says, I'm conservative, I'm bound legally by my industry to invest the client accordingly. But let me stop you there for a second. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I like that idea. And I'll tell you why I don't like that idea. You okay. see, when, when, when it comes to cars, for example, because that's, that's one thing that I know a lot about, yeah. um, somebody, I, don't, I don't advise people to go and instruct themselves about how the car industry works uh, because it would be impossible for them to acquire the amount of knowledge necessary for them to make a decision that would involve experience that some other people have acquired over the last three decades. So when it comes right. to investment, investing, 
uh, that's a decision. That's a, that was a personal decision that I made. And, you know, I have a really big problem with trust. I don't trust anyone. So when I found you and I felt comfortable enough to trust you, now, you know, at some point, the only way that you know whether you can trust somebody is by trusting them. And I know that that could be costly sometimes. But, you know, when I found you, I said, okay, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to learn about this. I don't have the proclivity for, you know, finance learning. Uh, I don't have the desire. I don't have the time. So I found myself a mentor. I found myself an expert that could alleviate the burden of knowledge because knowledge is very, uh, it's heavy. If you need to learn and teach something, uh, you know, think of a new language, <laughs> you know, you know how long is it going to take you for you to be, you know, fluent on a new language? In every single industry has that level of fluency that you need to acquire in order for you to be able to communicate properly and not make mistakes. And that no, is something that you are fluent at. Agreed, agreed. And, and, and no, I'm not saying that they have to go out and get 25 years of experience so that we can talk on the same level. But, the, you know, the problem is, I mean, think about the two definitions, conservative and aggressive investors. Conservative tells my industry they should be low risk, GICs, fixed income, very little in equities, keep their money safe, right? Safe. But I look at it from a different perspective. If you are someone who's 50 years old and you are not on pace to have saved enough to retire, and yet you know retirement's coming, and you want to invest low risk. To me, you are not a conservative investor. You are taking a ton of risk in your life because you are not going to get where you need to be. If, you know, I would consider that someone who's very aggressive in their expectations of what's going to happen and their results. That's, okay. that's my thought. So an aggressive invest or aggressive investments are perceived to be investments that are high in equities. But when you're someone who has built more money than you could ever spend, or you're someone who has a long time frame, then investing high in equities isn't necessarily high risk. I think mm -hmm. it's, I think it's appropriate risk. So, the, the problem becomes when people label themselves or complete a questionnaire that says, this is how I feel, right? That's how I feel about investments. Well, the funny thing is the investments don't care how you feel. The investments don't know that you own them. They're going to do what they're going to do based on, on the, the economy and the markets and, and how they are designed to perform, whether you own them or not. They don't care how you feel. You know, you, when, you're, when you're a member of a pension plan, a defined benefit pension plan, like a teacher or a government employee, a firefighter, police officer, they don't ask you how you feel about your investments. Experts make those decisions and say, here's where we're going to manage the money on your, on your behalf. Mm -hmm. And so, unfortunately, the questionnaire industry um, allows the individuals too much control over the risk level that's in a portfolio because it doesn't tie the portfolio they choose to the objectives of their money. So, in other words, what you're saying is that being conservative at the wrong time is actually being as risky as you can possibly be. 100%. That's exactly what I'm saying. You know, I have no problem 
with someone who's saved a ton of money saying they're conservative, if I can look at their plan and mm -hmm. say, hey, if we implement a conservative portfolio, you are still going to achieve all your needs with a nice, healthy margin of error, with a nice, healthy buffer. I got no problem you know, I, I, this is so completely random, but uh, folks, if you, if you happen to have Instagram, um, yesterday I posted a picture of a World War II plane. I don't know if you saw that, uh, Mike. I did um, Yeah, you know, if you go to my story, you're going to see a picture of a World War II plane. And it was, it's a diagram of a World War II plane coming back to base with all the red dots of where it had been hit. Uh, during the campaigns that they were uh, doing over Germany. So I I'm going to read this to you because it's, you know, just bear with me, folks. This is yeah. relevant. You know, it says that this is a picture of uh, tracking bullet holes on an Allied planes encounter Nazi anti-aircraft in World War II. Now, the picture says, at first, the military wanted to reinforce those areas, you know, wherever they saw the bullet holes. Um, the, um, because obviously that's where the ground crews observed the most damage on returning planes until a Hungarian born Jewish mathematician, Abraham Wald pointed out that this was the damage on the planes that made it back home. And the Islas should armor the areas where the, there are no dots because those are the places where the planes won't survive when hit. The phenomenon is called the survivorship bias. It's a logic error where you focus on things that survive when you should really be looking at the things that didn't. Ah. Um, it took me a few reads for me to comprehend the logic conundrum that was presented in front of me last night. And I know, folks, I lose sleep over this stuff. So don't, don't <laughs> you know, I don't expect you to understand it. But you see, what you just explained to me is a, is a survivorship conundrum in which being conservative at the age of 50 is the absolute most risky thing that you could perhaps be doing when it comes to your finances. And you see, for that, Mike, this is one of the reasons why I find it so incredibly helpful that you come here on the show. Because until you mentioned that to me, it's not something that has ever crossed my mind. I'm 49. You know, I have some money saved up. And uh, if I'm conservative because I'm afraid of losing it, that could be the absolute most risky thing that I could be doing, considering that I only have another 15 years until I retired. Ah, so this is hold on, and and again, you you just hit on exactly another one of the misconceptions. Why 50-year-olds okay. think of themselves as conservative and they invest conservatively? That's exactly what they say. I only have 15 years. I only have 10 years. I don't have long enough to be invested if something happens to my portfolio for me to recover. Well, guess uh -huh. what? If you're 50 and you plan on dying in 15 years, then I agree with you. Your, your time frame is relatively short, but you're not dying. What you're going to do is you're going to transition to retirement. So I will literally ask them, okay, once you retire, for how long will you be retired? Uh, I don't know, 20, 25 years, maybe 30. My mother lived until she was 97. I, I could be around for another 30 years. Isn't that a long time? 
your 10 years until you retire plus another 30? Isn't that 40 years a long-term investment horizon? Oh, dude, Mike, I'm already tired, man. Why are you, are you, why are you stressing me out? I don't want to live until I'm 90. But folks, I need to take a very, very short break. What, who, who you're listening to right now is my personal sage. He is my Obi-Wan of finances. He's the person that I latched on to and he's been able to solve a lot of my uh, my insecurities when it comes to financings, finances and, and retirement. So you can reach him on moneymike.ca or you can call him after the show at 905-320-6762. And if you're sitting on a pile of cash and you think you're being too smart and conservative, you'd never lose the money, uh -uh, call Mike. He will help you understand the possibilities. And that's all I want Mike to do. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. It is 2021. And if you're still paying commission, shame on you. You need to come and see me at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We'll go for a short break and we'll be right back. Folks, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show here. We're Canada's largest automotive radio show that is mostly not about cars. And this morning I have my personal financial advisor here, the guy that changed my life trying to share some of that knowledge with you. And I can tell you, this is one, being one of the better shows because it's, it's unbelievable how much information is missing out there in, in our Canadian education system when it comes to investing, when it comes to wealth, when it comes to retirement. And uh, Mike is the person that I, I use. He is uh, he's a behavioral financial advisor, and uh, he has injected himself into my life. I've known him for like 20 years. So... I trust this man, not only with what he does, I also trust him in life because he's a good man. That's the reason why he's here. But you were talking to me about this uh, this plane analogy that I was talking about before the break. And if you want to listen to the show, you, you're more than welcome to download the podcast. So you can find the podcast commercial-free on iTunes and Google Podcasts. So you can just click and listen to us on your own time. So, Mike, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, you know, I, I appreciated you sharing that because I've I've had that conversation with so many people over 25 years who will make statements like, oh, I invested in mutual funds once and it was terrible. Or I made this investment and, oh, it was, I, I'll never do it again. Um, and I think there are too many, like, you know, as I said earlier in, in the show, the investments themselves, they don't know that you own them they don't behave in a particular way, although there's some people who think, yeah, yeah, everything's great in those investments until I buy them. And then when I buy them, they go down. So I'm never, I'm never going into them again. And every time I've had that conversation with people, the reality is they exhibited bad behavior in those investments. They bought an investment uh, like a diversified mutual fund or an index fund or an ETF, whatever it was that they bought, and it went down in value, so they got out. And they said, mm -hmm. never again. I'm not doing that again. And if That's they bad at, behavior. It is bad <laughs> behavior. The investment did what it was supposed to do, which is when the markets went down, it went down. When the markets will go up, it will go up. And, you know, four out of five years, I mean, roughly speaking, the markets do give, give wonderful results. So they just happened to pick the worst time to get in and they exhibited the bad behavior of buying high and selling low. And it's a bit of that FOMO, right? When we talk mm -hmm. about conservative investors, they've been looking at what the markets have been doing basically since 2011 
the last time we had a serious market correction that took a little while to recover. Um, they've been looking at the markets for the last 10 years going, wow, these results are just so good, I have to get involved with that. But the second it goes down in the short term, they go, oh, this is too scary. It's not for me. They buy high and they sell low. I fear missing out, so I got to get in. And the second my worst fears are confirmed that it can go down in value, out I go. And, and so there's, there's, this, um, there's this graphic that we've, we've used over the years, and it's sort of the emotional roller coaster of the investor. Uh-huh. And you know, it, it talks about when the markets are rising, you move from being encouraged to being confident as it gets higher, getting excited as it gets even higher. When it hits peaks, there's absolute jubilation. I mean, you are so convinced that your investment decisions are the right decisions. In fact, there is statistical information in our industry that shows when markets reach all-time highs, people throw money at us. More Mm -hmm. money plows into those investments at all-time peaks than ever before. And then the markets turn the other direction. And they start to go down and then you get a little agitated and then you get a little distressed and they keep going down and now you are in despair and then it gets a little lower and you get nauseous and absolutely dejected time to get out well guess what when you are emotionally at your most raw and dejected because the markets have gone down so much further than you thought they could and it's time for you to get out that's usually when they turn and then the markets come back again, and then you feel encouraged, and they keep going higher, and then you feel confident, and the roller coaster continues. And the silly thing is, and I know Warren Buffett speaks to this often, and I, I won't put me in his category, but I think similarly, I don't experience any of those emotions along the way. And the investments that I own can be exactly the same as the investments that you own. So the question becomes, why, why are you experiencing all these emotions along this roller coaster and my emotions don't change? Because again, with my knowledge and experience, I understand how this works. But when I, I tend to respond, if I were to respond emotionally, I would say the opposite to what those people are, are experiencing. When markets are reaching all-time highs, Mm -hmm. I become cautious. I see the higher the markets go, the greater the risk that the markets could go down. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that I necessarily change my investment approach too dramatically because when the markets go down, I don't get distressed, nauseous, dejected, despairing. I see opportunity because I know the downs are, are temporary and the ups are permanent. You know, and I can tell you, this is based on, on my own personal experience dealing with Mike. When, when the market went complete nutty last year, uh, this was what, what, March, April? March, it started late February, ended March 23rd, yeah. Yeah, so when, when the markets went absolutely crazy, you know, I keep hearing the news and, oh, my God, the market is crashing, you know, the monies are going down, the investments are disappearing, and so on and so on. And, and I had to make a decision. All right. Do I go with what I'm feeling right now or do I trust my expert? So, and I've, I've, I've narrated this on the show before. I called you and I said, okay, is there something for me to worry about? And you said, no. Let's just sit tight. Thank you. Goodbye. I just carry on doing my thing because I cannot control the market. 
And a loss is only a loss if you pull the money out. Yep. <laughs> so I wasn't going to do that. And th yeah. that's precisely the reason why I hire you and I have you on my side. So you can advise me the right thing. It's the same reason why people come and talk to me about their cars. But now this, you know, with cars is a little different because everybody seems to know better than I do. Uh, even you, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> so... And, you know, trust here is not reciprocal, but anyways, we have the perspectives on this. But when, you know, the, the, the reality is this, and, you know, all joking aside, <laughs> uh, just so you know, folks, uh, Mike is committing harakiri or sapuku for some of you that know what that means on the other side of my Zoom call. Um, but, I mean, if, if it wasn't for you at the time, Mike, I would have had a nervous breakdown. Because, you know, you work so hard to put all this money in the, in, in, in the system, and next thing you know, it's like, what?! And that you explain something so eloquently right now that when the markets go down and somebody had a bad be behavior in the market, it's only then when they suffer the losses. Yeah. You know, am I wrong with this uh, assumption here? Yeah, and that's actually 2020 is a great example of this. And I can give a very simple numerical example to help people understand. No pun intended. <laughs> no, there's, there, there's no hidden meaning in, in offering a simple example. I'm a simple guy. I like to keep things simple. So let's look at it this way. Let's say you own something for $100 and it goes down by 20%. It goes from $100 down to $80. That's a 20% decline. Yep. Now, when it goes from $80 back to $100, how much of an increase is that? Okay, ask the question it's, again. It's, if it goes 100 down to 80, it's a 20% okay. decline. If it goes from okay. 80 back up to 100, what percentage increase is it? Oh, that would it's be not, a 25%. Correct. It's not 20%, yep. it's 25. Yeah. So well, let's do the same math. It goes from $100 down to $50. That's uh -huh. a 50% decline. It goes from $50 back to $100, what percentage increase? That's a 100% increase. It's 100%. So what we did last year when you said, oh my God, what's going on with the markets? That is the second best thing to do. Stick it out. Don't worry about it. It's going to come back. And it did. When it goes from 100 down to 80 down to 100, you've lost nothing. Yep. But when it goes down from 100 down to 80 and you buy, Mm-hmm then when it recovers to $100, you haven't broken even. You've you made, made more money. money. When it goes down 50% and you buy and it recovers, you make a 100% return. So it, investing behavior is really important. Worst possible behavior is selling because it went down in value. This thing is no longer doing what I thought it would do and what I wanted it to do, I'm getting out. Never, ever, ever do that. However, second best thing is hang on. Ignore it. Go fishing. It's going to come back. Well, historically. Third, historically. It well, always what, comes what back. Is, well, what are the investments, right? If you look at a stock market investment, what is it? You are, don't think of it as investing in stocks. Think of it as I am owning all of the great businesses that are the basis of this economy. Which means the economy doesn't always go straight up. There's going to be times when it goes down. But if you think people are going to get up in the morning, put gas in their cars, jump in their car and go to work and have a job waiting for them to work at, and that job is going to pay them to do the work, and that company is going to produce 
goods and services that other people in society need to consume, and therefore they need to have jobs too, then the markets will continue to produce. Over long periods of time, they always have, because that's the way society works. So when it goes down, don't get dejected. Look at it and say, oh my goodness, where can I get some more money to take advantage? Everything just went on sale. Get in. <laughs> get in. Uh... So let's... Behavior explains, again, investments have no emotion. Investments have no feelings. Investments don't know you own them. Investments don't care about you. They will they do what don't. they're going to do, regardless of the way you feel about them. So feeling about them is, an, is a complete waste of time. But, you know, Mike, Money Mike, I, I have to do this on behalf of everybody. That was an excellent, excellent hour. You know, the gospel of Mike. You know, it's not only the Carrasco automotive gospel here, but now you are literally just getting into things that a lot of people don't think about. And this is, this is all I want out of the show is to make people think about their behavior and what they do, and hopefully we can change somebody's life. So, folks, if you value anything that you heard this morning and you feel that maybe you need a redirection, a second opinion, maybe you need to take your investments and put them into someone that you can trust, I trust them, so call them. You can reach them at 905-320-6762, and this is moneymike.ca is where you can find him. He is my personal financial advisor. I've known Mike for 20 years, so I can vouch personally vouch for him and for what he does and he is the only person that i allow to voluntarily touch my money so you can be the same money mike thank you so much for being on the show with me man i really appreciate this hour i value your opinion thank you so much for being here today thank you gentlemen good to see you have a good morning thank you and folks if you uh if you were uh, had all those political opinions like uh, 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 stuck on your throat this is your time to call 416 870-1050. The next hour is your hour. 416-870-1050 or you can call toll free at 1-855-591-6876. You are listening to The Carrasco Show and it's brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, home of the no commission salespeople. Let's take a short break and we'll be right back. Just tuning in, folks. This is what we do every Saturday morning. This is actually a pretty fun show. Here is where Slacker Nation congregates. My name is Greg Carrasco, and I am yours truly. I um, I, I happen to be a student of the car industry, so this car, um, this show, started as a car show 13 years ago, 
And uh, that is uh, that is my area of expertise. The rest is just about me sharing opinions and sharing with you how I glide through my life trying to figure things out. And it's tough sometimes. And I tell you, life is not easy. You know, I'm not a religious person, but if I were to be, I, uh, I, I do subscribe to a secular uh, version of Buddhism. And uh, <laughs> life is suffering. Man. You need to understand that that is the way that is going to go. And your ability to deal with this is the way that you are going to either succeed or fail at this thing we call life. Uh, and to my buddy Ben here uh, on the studio, don't forget about our uh, playlist. I think, you know, I think that we miss um, White Rabbit. Is it coming in the next break, I think? Is that what it is? No? I, I mean, I, I can. I mean, the second hour, I always play the money songs, right? Not oh, yeah, no, no, in the third away. hour. No, in the um, third hour. Yeah, but no, I can I can definitely get to it. I wasn't able to confirm whether the artist was the correct one or not, though. That was yeah, I don't know which one they use for the uh, for the trailer I'll, in the Matrix. I'll do a little so, research over here. Yeah, yeah, you know, while while you're doing that, uh, so we should probably talk to Mike in Toronto. Mike, you are talking to the slacker himself, and how can I make your life better this Saturday morning? Greg, first of all, I want to say that I am an expert about absolutely nothing. But you, <laughs> when I hear a good man or a good person, bro. I don't know you from a hole in the wall, but we need more people like you. And I'll tell you about life. I know very little about life as well. But I do one good deed a day, sometimes two. And I'm telling you, karma is real. I see it every day. I help more people out for no reason that they're strangers. And it comes back to me double, triple, four times. That's awesome, man. So That's just be awesome. good to each other. That's all we got to do. You know, I try to, man, but it's, uh, you know, I, I, I wish that I could go back to my 20s when I knew everything. Because Bro, me I, too. I, I, me too. I, do, I, I know one thing, that the older I get, the less I know, especially because I'm reminded by my children. And, you know, and one more thing. If your money man is listening, is a good guy. The less you chase money, the more you make. I'm telling you, it's the truth. I've been chasing money my whole life. Now that I stopped chasing it, I'm officially retired, even though yeah. I'm working. Bro, it just comes through the door when I don't even look. Well, it's the same thing they say about love, right? You see, uh, love, money, success, fame uh, it could not be the end goal. They are always a side effect of something of a greater cause. They are a side effect of a job well done. If you are good at anything, you will never have to chase money. Money will come to you. Correct. And, and, and it's a very interesting but so basic principle that many people fail at observing. But uh, Mike, do you have any other thoughts on the show this morning? Well, first of all, I just want to give a shout-out to my man, the ex-CEO of Nissan. Like I said, karma is real. What they uh -huh. did to him, I'm just saying, I have nothing against your brand. Nissan's a great brand. What they did to this man, I mean, this man turned the company around. His name is Gomes, right? Yep. He's in Lebanon right now. I don't care. I'm not related to him. But listen, you don't do things to people that give you both hands and the shirt off their back, and then you turn on them. That's karma. And if it wasn't for that man, Nissan would be gone. And thank God they're coming back with the Z, the GTR. My buddy of mine owns a GTR. He owns Godzilla, man. What a car. I mean, are you kidding me? That was because of him. You know, I, uh, that's what I'm driving right now. And uh, I can tell you, it doesn't matter where I go. Kids are taking pictures of this thing. Bro, it's, uh, he tracks you know, it every day. And, the car and, is and, a beast. It is a beast indeed. And uh, if, you, if you don't know what the, uh, the R35 or the Nissan Skyline GTR is, you should probably look it up because this thing is unbelievable. I will. Mike, thank you so much for the phone call, dude. I, I really appreciate you Keep listening the to the work. show. Thanks, brother. Uh, thank you so much. The, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how much, you know, how little we know 
about life and I can tell you this uh, and you know if you have young people listening to the show I, I said this to my son last Sunday because we got into a violently heated argument about things perspective um, I wish I could go back into my 20s like my late teens and my early 20s when I knew everything because now that I am turning 50 at the end of this year there is only one thing that I can sh tell you for sure that I don't have a clue <laughs> Everything that I knew or that I thought I knew is like, what? What was I thinking? And it, it seems like this is a, uh, it's a constant recycled thought that happens to me every six months or so. It's like, what was I thinking six months ago? Or what was I thinking last year? What was I thinking 10 years ago? You know, I, you know, I often think about, you know, the mindset that I had. You see, at one point I was married and, um, uh, you know, that didn't work out. But, you know, now I try to look myself and, and put myself into that spot. It's like, what was I thinking? What, what version of me would have liked it to have been in that position 20 years ago? And I don't recognize that person. Like, I am a completely different human than I was a year ago. Two years ago, never mind 10 or 20 years ago, I don't even recognize that human. So for you to even imagine thinking of a place in which you're going to be the same and you're going to recognize yourself 15, 20 years from now, that you are missing the whole point of life. I mean, your job is to change yourself as you go along. It is your job to provide a better version of yourself every, every single day. We have another caller here from, from Barry. Jack from Barry, how can the slacker Carrasco make a difference in your life this morning? Okay, Mr. Carrasco, I've met you once, and uh, I'm a long-term listener who uh, respects your expertise and opinions on topics you choose to comment on. Having Thank you. Having said that, um, in my humble opinion, the purpose of a debate is to provide those who choose to watch the opportunity to observe in real time what platform each leader proposes would best serve Canada. Yep. Now, having said that, I would appreciate if someone could please answer three simple questions. Okay. Question number one. In a federal election, is it not reasonable to expect that to qualify as a debater, you should represent a party that has a candidate standing for election in every riding of the country? My second question, a party leader who has publicly stated in the past that his party's members are only interested in what applies to the province of Quebec, should this position not relegate that party to provincial status only? What purpose serves for them to participate in a national debate? My third question, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. My third question why is the Green Party with absolutely no prospect of forming a government invited to debate? This party leader can make whatever promise or suggestion she likes, knowing full well that she will never gain enough power to produce one positive result. To add insult, this person has the audacity to say that more people should be invited to the dais because of their heritage. She neither realizes nor respects the purpose of this exercise, but merely wants to inject additional formulas of discrimination into the fray for her benefit. To conclude, I believe Canada does not need clever or politically correct catchphrases from our politicians. We need the application of simple, effective benchmarks with clear, logical measures meant to provide permanent solution. This is what the citizens of our country deserve and have been waiting for for far too long. 
And, sir, I thank you for the time. And, again, I can only say that if you were running uh, whatever (laughs) political party you choose to run for, and I hope it's blue, you would have my support forever. Jack, I love you, man. And from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. You know, I, I cannot share with you. Uh, how flatter it makes me, the number of people. And when I tell you it's not one or two, I'm, t- I'm talking a lot of people that have reached out to me and asked me why is it that I don't run for politics. And, you know, I have a very simple answer. Number one, uh, I'm not fluent in French, and uh, I'm working on that because I, I decided to study French now. So I, I promised myself that um, before I moved to South France... <laughs> <laughs> I promised myself that before the end of the year, and I know that it's a lofty goal, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I can be very intelligent sometimes. Uh, I'm going to teach myself French, and uh, I speak a few languages, and uh, French is something that I never really took the time. And uh, when I was in France a couple of times, vis- visiting all the the sites of our soldiers in, in Normandy and the beaches of Normandy going to Juno Beach and, uh, you know, holding a Canadian Army veteran card. I, I felt that I needed to learn our second language. So I am teaching myself to speak French and hopefully it, it'll be easy or less, not as difficult as it could be. Um, and, um, I, I have never really run for office, number one, because I can't take the pay cut. Uh, number two is because I don't feel that I want that kind of responsibility. I mean, it seems like the only purpose that political uh, political parties or, or or parties have when they get into office is not to fulfill the promises; it's simply just to get reelected. And in principle, I I refuse that notion that you know once you get in power, yeah, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. You know, we just need to campaign. The moment that you get reelected, you start campaigning for the next election. But look what's going to happen now. And uh, I have my buddy Luis Quizas on the other line. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to keep this nonpartisan and as, as best as I can, Lou. But I think that, you know, a, a lot of my views are coming right through my words. Would you agree with that, Lou? Well, I think it's more your, uh, your principles, Greg, that are coming <laughs> well, through. Well, but listen, you, I mean, it's... Principles. I, I try to, and I try to hold as close to them as possible. And, uh, you know, never in Canadian history, we have had a prime minister standing that has been in front of the Ethics Commission as often as Mr. Uh, Comrade Trudeau uh, has had. And, and, and the fact that so many Canadians are okay with this is like beyond me. Like, really? Really? Are we, are we not holding our highest off, office to a different standard? Or are we going to get caught up in all this fancy dance that we do when it comes to politics just to appease all the different factions of our society and celebrating what makes us different as opposed to what unites us as a, as a, as a country, as, as a group of people? I don't understand this, Lou. Um, I don't know how some things can be so clear to me, Lou, and so clear in the complete and opposite faction to so many people right now. What are your thoughts on this? Okay, Greg. Well, let me give you some math because, you know, I do numbers and then from mm-hmm. the numbers extrapolate why. So in Canada, over 60% of gross domestic product is attributable to government through taxation. They raise money with taxes. They borrow money and then they go and spend in the economy. Their biggest expense are government employees all the way up and down the chain. 
So what you're seeing is what I call the pyramid of extortion. The other 40% of the population, whether they're at the top of the private sector pay scale or the bottom of the private sector pay scale are carrying mm-hmm. the load. So you have taxpayers and tax eaters. So why do we get this bad theater performed by ugly actors called politics? Because follow the money and the story will tell itself. Well, this is this is something that you've always said. And I mean, I've, I've been following your ideology for a very, very long time, Lou. And, uh, you know, back when I was at the other network. Uh, you were one of those people that I would always stop and listen because common sense was always there. And, uh, you know, it was it Upton Sinclair that said that the, you can't expect a man to understand something when his very income depends on him not understanding it. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, the, the, the most interesting thing is, is the misconception that we have as Canadians of what the role of the government is. You see, we, we feel that the government gives money. No, 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 no. The, the government is not a revenue generating enterprise. The government is a revenue redistribution system. So in order for them to do good with this, with the government revenue, they need to take it from somebody. And, and the bigger the government, I mean, the biggest expense that we have as Canadian taxpayers right now is the sustainment of the government itself. Am I, am I wrong with this? No, you're absolutely correct. And when, you know, you look at the numbers and, you know, you look at the motivation, right? The motivation from the top of the pyramid of extortion down to the bottom is to maintain their pay, their perks, their pensions, and if they can, to grease their friends. So anybody that is offside with that, uh, say, you know, um, uh, Jody Wilson Raybald, they have to go. Jane Philpott mm-hmm. has to go. And I have to disagree with the last caller that was saying, why is the Green Party? At least she's holding them accountable, right? She's saying, you got rid, you know, you're the feminist, Mr. Crime Minister, and uh, you fired these powerful women. You've suppressed uh, any kind of inquiry as to, you know, why our military is, you know, headed up by creepy generals, you know, kind of handsy types. And, you know, I think that I think it's important to have multiple voices. And in fact, when I looked at the debate and I did watch the debates in French and English, um, you know, I asked myself, why isn't the People's Party of Canada invited? Oh, right, because they're dangerous. They're not part of the pyramid of extortion. They're so far outside of it that it threatens them. They, you know, the staged drama as the debate was, Greg, Totally manipulated, totally and, orchestrated, and, and I, I am a living walking encyclopedia of quotes. <laughs> I don't know why, and I, I started to make my own these days. But uh, you, you know, whenever you find yourself in the in the face of the majority or agreeing with the majority, it's time to stop and think. And uh, I can tell you this: I was very disappointed that uh, the representative of the People's Party of Canada was not allowed into the debates. That's a disgrace in the Canadian debate system. Uh, why? Because uh, I mean, based on the last polls, this gentleman has about what ten, eleven percent. And uh, look, whether you agree with him or not, I mean, I, I'm I'm super happy that the lady from the Green Party is there. I don't know, you know. I, I understand that there is a point and there is a there is a purpose and a place for her to be there. Uh, the same thing happens with the Bloc Québécois. I, I understand why that's there. I mean, Quebec is an important part of the Canadian ecosystem. So, but there is there is a big side of the 
of the whole political conversation in that when somebody doesn't fit with the mold, when somebody doesn't comply and obey and submit, we need to marginalize them and we need to vilify them in the media for them, for people to have a complete wrong idea of who these people really are. And I, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with marginalizing big segments of the population that also are allowed to have a voice. Look, you know, we, I, I know that I may be speaking at a turn and I might get into a lot of trouble for this and I'm going to blame you, Lou, you on this. How is it possible that Canada is sending hundreds of millions of dollars in external aid to other countries when our own indigenous people here don't have clean water? That is beyond me. How can you not look after your own house first before you even consider giving taxpayer monies in other areas. And you know, today is a very sensitive day because, you know, it's a celebration, or not a celebration, it's a, it's a it, remembering September 11. You know, 20 years ago, we had one of the biggest terrorist attacks on the history of the planet. We went after a terrorist organization that resides in a country that supports this sort of thing. Not everybody supports it, and I understand that there are many, many, many millions of good people down there. But right now, we, we have a, a scandalous disaster of what happened in Afghanistan. And we are not holding people accountable to this. This is beyond me. It got, it gets back to why I originally called you in the last hour. Okay. You were talking about how we bring people into Canada who have met some qualification, whether it's a doctor, a lawyer, you know, a radiologist, electrician, whatever the trade is. And then they get to our country and we say, Oh, yeah. Sorry, you have to get a re-education. It's the administrative state. And when you refer to Afghanistan, the reason people were abandoned, who had supported our efforts in that country, abandoned uh, because they couldn't fill out the paperwork fast enough, because that's the kind of country we've become. You can't build a pipeline. You can't develop oil and gas. You cannot develop anything unless all the administrative paperwork is done. We're choking on red tape, and people are dying in Afghanistan because of it. So, you know, we have devolved from a country that could do things to a country that's incapable of doing anything except feeding the administrative state. Well, and, and that's where most of the tax burden is going to right now, to sustain yes. the fat morbidly obese government of Canada. We need a smaller government, folks. I can't explain and, and, and emphasize this enough. We need a smaller government. The, the government has grown too fat here in Canada, and I, I see it, I feel it, and I can see the tax burden growing and growing and growing, and people are just simply okay because we're using this, um, this virtue signaling topics to say, you know, yeah, we stand for this or we stand for that, and you know, look, I apologize already to everybody on the show because at one point I voted for Trudeau six years ago. I did. I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't know. I apologize. But you see, you know when he lost me, Lou? When he removed competence as the number one deciding factor of who takes a job in the Canadian government. That was the point that he lost me. You see, when he decided that he was going to have a 50-50 cabinet, I thought, what if there are more women that are qualified? So yeah. if competence is not the greatest equalizer, then what is? 
Well, Greg, I'm going to say this, okay? When you take a look at what's happened, first of all, uh, in your declaration of who you voted for, it's still a secret ballot, right? So I wouldn't be going around admitting who I voted for uh, only because you're judged by it, right? Whether you said, you know, I've seen the light and, you know, my come to Jesus moment and all that. But I agree with you. Competency and results matter to me. But we're not living in a country where those values are cherished. In fact, you know, they don't care about the results. They only care about their pay, their perks and their pensions. And it's not just the federal government, Greg. It's the provincial government and the municipal governments, and we're choking on red tape. And that's why people don't have affordable housing as well. Well, look at it this way. I, I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed to, to recognize on, on the air here that I made a, a judgment error, and people are beating themselves up, thinking or holding on to something that perhaps they shouldn't hold on to, despite of the fact that we have no results that would validate the reinforcements of a, of a system that doesn't seem to be taking us in the right direction. So, you know, at the bottom of each and every one of my emails, there is a quote that says, the results are the only proof of ability. And right now, the results are simply not there. So, uh, folks, if you have a say in the matter, feel free to call me, uh, 416-870-1050 is the number and if you're calling from out of town it's 1-855-591-6876 call me 416-870-1050 Lou don't go anywhere we're going to take a short break and okay. uh, we're going to be right back continue to talk about right. whatever people want to talk about this is All their right. hour this is the hour of the grievances the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity we are the home of the no commission salespeople, folks it's 2021 why are you still paying commissions come and see me and then Make up your mind. Let's take a short break and we'll be right back. This is where Common Sense comes and gets together every Saturday morning. Slacker Nation stands for something. If you're up and listening and trying to expand the contents of your brain at 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning, you're anything but a slacker. That's the reason why irony is a wonderful, wonderful thing. This is the Greg Carrasco Show, folks. We've been on air for about 13 years. And all I want to do is to bring some sort of instigation, activation into your mind for you to start thinking about things. That's it. Different opinion, different thought, different ideas. The job is done. When it comes to automotive, you should absolutely 1,000% take my advice because I know what I'm talking about. Everything else are just opinions. And believe me, they are my opinions. They're not the opinions of my network. These are my opinions. And I stand behind them. We have another phone call here. Lou is still on the line, but we have another phone call. This is Joseph from Toronto. Ben, is that who we have? Yeah, Joseph from Toronto. Joseph, you're on the Greg Carrasco Show. Joseph, how can the slacker here make your life better this morning? Well, I'm glad you have made a decision to run in politics soon because I think you fit 100% in politics. What you spoke about is all basically correct 100% because you represent the average people who really work for a living. They don't sit behind the desk and try to impose them well and the people. Basically, with the Canadian politics, I mean, we really don't have a good politician in the international stage except when we had Pierre Trudeau and Ronnie Levesque. I think they really represented, although you agree with them or you don't, but they had a good personality. 
the five stooge what I was watching a couple of days ago, it makes you laugh. You know, each one wearing $2,500 suit and try to represent the average guy. That's number one. Number two, all those dirty work, which is launched by the American all over the world, what are we doing in Afghanistan? We go there to change the culture of those people. They don't want to change the culture. They're happy with what they are. My background is a Syrian. We had a dirty war for 12, 14 years right now going because they want to change the same thing. Are we on? Yeah, of course. I'm listening yeah. to you, man. Yeah. You know, you, you have the platform right now. I'm listening to you. Thank you very much, sir. So they go to Syria trying to change the culture. And what they call them, they call those our dictator. So the American, if they have a dictator who works for them, it's okay. Like uh, all those dictators in the past, you know, they were all working from Iraq, for example. Saddam Hussein, he was a puppet. I mean, the American, they, they basically spy for him against Iran so he could win the war. And they, this not about liberating people, this war, which a lot of people don't understand, you know, with all my respect. This is about stealing oil. i give you an example in Syria. Take a guess who's stealing the oil, the national resources of the country. Turkey and the Americans. And they're selling it in the black market. You tell me those people are going to liberate people and to give them a better life? We don't want your life. They're, they're happy with them life. You know, I, you know, Joseph, yeah, I thank you so much for calling the show, man. I, I really appreciate what you're saying and uh, I, I, I respect your opinions on these things. You know, whether we agree on, on what's happening right now or not, it's very simple. I mean, ask yourself, what, what do you think if another country came here and they tried to tell you how to live your life? I think that there are some, there is a reason why there are different countries and this whole globalism ideology is something that is beyond me. Do you agree with this, Lou? I mean, if somebody came here and tried to impose their way of living on me, I would not be happy. Would you? Well, Greg, it's happening now. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, you're, you're not, you know. A political philosophy that is not the political uh, philosophy that first attracted me to coming to Canada, right? Or, you know, actually, in my case, I was repatriating myself. I was born in Montreal. I was raised in the U.S. I repatriated myself to Canada when I came. You know, this was a country that still wanted to do stuff. And now, you know, we're stuck, you know, with the changing of the language. So, for example, you know, um, we no longer have uh, illegal immigrants. They're irregular immigrants. We no longer uh, refer to somebody wearing black makeup as somebody in blackface. Oh, no, it's brownface. And we no longer refer to women. We call them people who menstruate. We no, no longer refer to them <laughs> as mothers uh, that are breastfeeding. It's people who breastfeed. And you know what I'm saying? It's like this is a page out of Brave New World changing the language to try and push and a, a political agenda. So when you say, you know, how would we react if somebody invaded my country? Greg, they already have. Open your eyes. Open your ears. They're here. <laughs> this is the invasion I... <laughs> of the body snatchers. Lou, I, you know, honestly, I appreciate everything that you're saying right now. And uh, you, your thoughts are, are heard. They're loud. They're clear. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate that you took the time this morning to, uh, uh, to call the show. And um, I, I certainly hope that you don't stop calling. I, um, I, I saw that you went and voted yesterday. So you took uh, Madeline with you. You guys went out right. and voted, right? So it was her first uh, time that she was eligible. 
and we went together. I wanted to be with her and just say, you know, and, you know, sadly, Greg, she, you know, we canceled out each other's votes. <laughs> but that's fine. I that's, know, that's man. I know. I believe in, right? You're entitled to do what you like, right? With your vote. I used mine. She used hers. You'll use yours. Her vote, her vote, her choice. That's Lou's keys, everybody. Thank you so much for calling the show, man. I really okay, appreciate Greg, it. Thank you, Lou. Greg, always good to be with you. Happy capitalism. Same to you, brother. Uh, let's talk to Sam from Oshawa. Uh, Sam, what is happening? And how can the slacker here make your life better? Hi, Greg. First of all, I'd like to thank you for opening up your show like this the way you do. I've been in love with cars since I was 10 years old, and this is really an important issue, so thank you very much. Greg, no problem. I you five statements. They were not written by me. They were actually written by, by a Baptist pastor by the name of Adrian Rogers, but it has to do with how we give out our money. And first of all, I'd like to say that we need to learn the difference between a hand up and a hand out. But I'm going to read you five statements, and they are and just make sure that they're fast because we, you know, we're approaching the end of the hour really quickly, Sam. I do it fast. They are amazing. Number one, you cannot multiply wealth by dividing it. Number two, you cannot legislate the poor into freedom by legislating the wealthy out of freedom. Number three, what one person receives without working for. Another person must work for without receiving. Number four, the government cannot give to anybody anything that the government does not first take from somebody else. And finally, when half of the people get the idea that they do not have to work because the other half is going to take care of them, and when the other half gets the idea that it does no good to work, because somebody else is going to get what they work for, that is the end of a nation. You are my friend. I <laughs> thank you. Now, <laughs> I thought I was going to go down a different rabbit hole. I really appreciate you sharing those thoughts with me. Thank you so much for calling the Carrasco Show. Who else do we have on the line uh, there, Ben? We have Justin. Hello. I think I think it's Justin. Hey, Justin, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. Uh, how can I make your life better this morning? Hey, first off, a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks, um, man. No, no problem, man. I actually called last week, but we got disconnected. Broke my heart. Um, anyways, so it's a bit of a two-part question. Um, number one, I'm a stand-up comedian, actor, and podcaster, so I'm constantly traveling. And I was yep. deciding if I should switch to get an e-vehicle or a hybrid, number one. And number two... When it comes to political parties, I just want one that's going to, like, raise the ceiling in the entertainment world because we have a low ceiling here in Canada, and it's hard. Yes, we have Netflix coming to us, which is fantastic, but most of my comedian friends have moved away to, like, L.A. and New York just because there's a higher ceiling for that. And it's just mm -hmm. it's frustrating. You know, and I'm like, I don't know. No political party talks about that. Uh, I think that, uh, unfortunately, the arts and comedy is not up in the uh, virtue signaling uh, scale for a lot of Canadian politicians. But in relation to your original question, if you spend a lot of time on the road, I would most definitely steer you away from electric cars and try to go into a hybrid mode. Uh, you're going to get the best of both worlds. You're going to pay a little bit of a premium. But I can tell you, if you get yourself a hybrid car, you're talking huge, huge kilometers per tank. And um, it's going to give you a lot of return for the investment. But 
but you know thank you so much for listening to the show dude i really really appreciate people like you listening to me and and valuing what i have to say let's talk to shane in peterborough shane thank you for calling the carrasco show how can the slacker number one make your life better this morning well, I'll tell you, uh, I, I don't like uh, what uh, this uh, liberal government's doing uh, because it's it's creating reverse discrimination with our young white men. Now, where I'm going with this is my son has a Ph.D. He's won uh, all kinds of awards across Canada. He's applied for uh, the university that um, that he just finished, 11 years. He applied for uh, uh, 10 jobs, came posted. And it said right on the jobs that they will not hire a white male. Now that, the Liberal government is letting that go on, and a lot of Canadians don't know this. You're, you're putting your kids into university, expecting them that they get a job, and when they come out, there is no jobs there because the wrong color of their skin or, or like, just uh, because uh, it, it's a political thing now. It, it, it's, like, it's like a beach ball that's been uh, jumped around everywhere, and a lot of Canadians that are out there, like, I, I'm not a prejudiced guy. I, I, like, I work for uh, a Shane, lot of- I, you know, listen, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I, I understand your concerns because I have two boys, and uh, I, I think that um, if, if, if the government is doing something that, uh, that is outside of the scope of what you think is okay, this is the time. This is the time to vote and say, okay, you know, I need to support something different than where the government is going. And this is something that that I, I haven't encouraged everyone to do. I mean, if you like the direction the country is going right now and you feel comfortable with uh, Mr. Trudeau at the helm, then go ahead, support him. But if you don't... If you, if you see certain things, I mean, look, I don't, I'm, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. I'm, that's not what I do here. You know, we are here to instigate thought. And, um, you know, listen, racism is a thing out there. It's a thing. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a white male. English is not my first language either. Half of my heritage is Aboriginal, Native American. And a lot of people don't know that, <laughs> but I'll share it with you because it's important. So I, if, if you feel that there is the, the powers that be, the political, uh, you know, establishment is not, is, is not doing you a favor, then you need to go out and exercise that vote. You know, we're going to take one more phone call before we go for a small break. Stephen from Toronto, um, you're calling the Carrasco show here and, uh, how can I make your life better? Hi, Greg. Um, just wonderful show. Thank you're a wonderful you. Wonderful person. Just don't tell anybody that. Um, <laughs> uh, many, many of you, many will disagree with you. <laughs> okay, Greg. Just three things quick, and I'll do it quick. So I know you got other callers. Um, mortgage is your French word for the day. Death grip. Um, Ace elevator with nine eleven. Molten steel. I have a structural uh, friend who, who's an engineer, and when he reviewed this thing. He said, why did Ace um, Elevator go out of business right after 9-11, which I find very interesting. And just a third thing, Canadian soldiers, with all due respect, they have a noble cause, but noble causes can also be ending up in futility. So all those Canadians who died not only in 9-11, but in Afghanistan, blood, sweat, and toil, and John Manley was the deputy prime minister who was the one who originated that theory of going into Afghanistan, if 200,000 Russian soldiers couldn't do anything, and they're right there in that area, they're right beside, what did, what did Canada ever think? You, you, I mean, sorry, I apologize. No problem. I'm still with you, Steve. I'm still trying to okay, understand what you're saying. I thought you hadn't met a caller, but I just said... No, 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 no. 
And Greg, also, I'm the glutathione guy. I called you about two months ago. There's a substance that, if, if I said to you, 30 books written on this subject, that will keep you, know, you healthy and alive. Stephen, Stephen, hold, hold on a second. Adia, we, we, you and I have to have that conversation off air because I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about, and uh, I don't want anyone to get misinformation here. And I'm not saying that yours is misinformation, uh, but what I'm saying is that you and I need to talk off air. So I will call you after the show, and perhaps you can share that with me uh, on a side note. Uh, thank you so much for the phone call, Steve. Folks, if you if you have some thoughts to share this morning, call me four one six eight seven zero ten fifty is the number. And if you're calling from out of town, the number is simple, 1-855-591-6876. Believe it or not, this show was supposed to be about cars. And cars is the only opinion that you have to take because it's important. And the election is happening right now. The fate and future of our country is at stake in the next 10 days. So it's important that we talk about this. We have the next four years to talk about cars. But right now, I am concerned with the direction of my country. And for that, I'm going to dedicate the time on this show to help instigate conversation, not arguments, just conversation. Folks, this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. You can come and see me. I live there. No life. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Ben, where did that song come from? <laughs> I didn't. What? Folks, I'm sorry. My Ben is just like he is uh, falling asleep here with all the the political thoughts. So you you don't, dude. So no ACDC, dude. No, dude. (laughs) Good to know going forward. Uh, I love you anyways, man. Folks, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Here we talk about all sorts of different things. And this is where Common Sense gets together every single Saturday morning. Um, and before we go into the last few minutes of the show, you need to know a couple of things. Um, Nissan Canada put together a deal that you can obviously get at Oakville Nissan. Uh, with only $14.95 down, which is less than freight in PDI. So this is only $14.95 down. On a two-year lease, so this is a very short commitment. So you, it's like you're going to date your car. You can buy it at the end. I don't advise you to. You know, if you're thinking about doing that, just buy it right from the start. But $14.95 down on a two-year lease. Nissan Canada will give you two years of prepaid maintenance. So for as long as you have this car, you don't have to pay maintenance. Okay? So, so again, $14.95 down, two-year lease, two years prepaid maintenance. You can get a 2021 Nissan Sentra. Uh, which, in my opinion, is one of the absolute best semi-compact sedans in the marketplace. It competes directly against the Civic, the Corolla, and the Elantra, except that it's less money for a shorter term. You can lease it for only $49 a week plus tax. I repeat that, $49 a week plus tax. That is literally less money than my Starbucks addiction. Ben, I have something... To confess, you Let's see, I Let's eat very, it. very, very healthy, very healthy. I only eat once a day. Uh, I eat between 4 and 7.30 most days. I only eat once a day. So I fast for 23 hours every day. And at least once a month, I try to fast for more than two days, like not eat anything, just coffee in the morning. Uh, but somebody that works for me introduced me to... Probably one of the most delicious things <laughs> that I have ever, ever 
drank in my entire life. Folks, listen to this. You see, my morning, uh, you know, nectar of the angels is a venti americano with four long shots of espresso and four steamed heavy cream. Four steamed heavy cream is a big chunk of this 35% fat, yummy goodness. That's my morning poison, okay? But in the afternoon now, I have grown addicted to this. It's called the Salty Caramel Cold Brew. Yep. Dude. Yep. Dude. Dude. <laughs> Especially if you get double foam. Star I don't know how Starbucks does it, man. I really don't know how they do it. They seem to have a direct pipeline to my heart. I drink it and boom, it just makes my heart smile. You know, Starbucks should be sponsoring the show, but they do well enough without me, so they don't care about good old Carrasco here. Starbucks and the 407 should be the two sponsors of the show. I, I couldn't do what I do without the 407. But anyways, it seems I, I seem to be unable to go throughout an afternoon without having this salty caramel cold brew from Starbucks. If you haven't tried it, folks, you most definitely should. It's amazing. Now, we were, <laughs> we were talking about Centros before the, uh, the, the Starbucks rent here. If you are in the luxury car market right now, uh, this is what I can tell you, that uh, if you need to get a mid-sized luxury SUV, yes, there's a lot of very, very awesome, sexy competitors out there. The Audi Q5, the, um, the, the BMW X3, the Acura RDX, the Lexus NX, they are worthy and beautiful competitors. But Infinity, which is the dark horse of that group, is the most underrated mid-sized luxury SUV in the country. This is in my personal opinion. And you may say, well, of course you're going to say that because you work for an infinity store. Uh, no, no, I don't have to say that because I can tell you that um, the, I think it's called the, the G70, the new Lexus uh, mid-sized luxury SUV is one sexy specimen. Um, so if you if you're looking for those vehicles, you need to consider those cars. The, uh, the I believe it's called the G the G70. Um, is it the GV? Oh, I forget the name now. Can you look it up, Ben? Um, the uh, the midsize luxury SUV uh, Genesis. Uh, because I know that they have a different nomenclature, so I, I I get all mixed up. Everybody's calling their cars with names, so that there are, there are no names on this thing. So they they have a, a new the, midsize. Does the GV80 ring a bell? Uh, the GV80 is the big one. The GV70 is the right, next one. And is, is, yeah, it's really good looking. So look at those vehicles and also look at the Infiniti QX50. And with the QX50, when you come down to Oakville Infiniti, you can get 0% lease rate. So no interest on this lease. And on top of that, you get no charged winter tires. So uh, in the commercial, I say that when it's 100 degrees outside, it's very easy to forget how brutal Canadian winters can be. So now you really don't have to worry about this. Because before you make any car buying decision, whether it's new or used, whether it's regular vehicles or luxury cars, you need to come down and see me. For all of you that listen to the show for the last decade and something now, you know what I stand for. This show does not care about your feelings. My opinion and advice when it comes to your car buying decisions is not something that I care about. So if you're going to tell me your feelings about your cars, I'm going to say, eh. Go talk to somebody else. I don't care. 
I don't like cars very much. You know, from time to time, I do get to drive some nice whips, man. I tell you, that that Corvette that I was driving a little while ago was delicious. The G-Wagon before that, I know I'm bragging, eh? That's one of the only perks that the car business has because it's not that easy. The car business is not an easy business to be in. And the car business is just like jiu-jitsu. It's not for who is best. It's for who is left. Most people don't make it, can't make it. Now I'm driving a GTR for a little while before the snow comes. And it makes me shiver. I don't want to see snow anymore. But I want to say something to all of you folks. Listen to me. Regardless of your political affiliations, regardless of your political inclinations, it is very, very important that you go out there and exercise your right to choose. Please do it for you. Do it for your children. Do it for your future and your family. Go and vote. Go and vote. I encourage everyone to listen this week because I think that the only candidate that we didn't hear about was Maxime Bernier. He's going to be in the Jordan Peterson podcast. Listen to him because, you know, he's got some stuff to say. We listen to everybody else. There is a big side of the population that is leaning that way. Listen to him. Um, but also, if you like the way the country is going, go. Support it. Do it. Just make your voices heard. But when it comes to buying cars, I don't want you to go anywhere else. Because we are the home of the no commission salespeople. In, in my opinion, this is, this is the safest environment in the country for you to come and buy a car. Come and find me. Right now I live at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. There is something happening there at OakvilleNissan.com. It's been an honor serving with you all. Autobots, roll out.